We were standing outside the bus station waiting to meet someone, and he just walks up to us and goes, Do you want to live? And like, we already live, thank you. And he went, Okay. Okay, welcome to Morocco. <laughs> This is the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi, and we bring you the formula to discover travel freedom. Step one every Thursday, we'll show you how to travel the world in style full time for as little as $300 per person per month. Step two every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. This is Travel Thursdays, episode 019. Our feature destination is Bologna in Italy. In this episode, we speak to Nicholas from the Emilia Romana Tourism Board, and he tells us how spaghetti bolognese is not real Italian food. Spaghetti bolognese don't exist. Even if you're in Italy and you find a restaurant which says spaghetti bolognese, don't go there because it's a tourist place, it's a tourist trap. We also talk to Nicholas about Italy's best kept secret. The aperitivo. Also, people uh, coming from abroad try out the aperitivo. Is like, why don't we have this at home? You know, like, <laughs> it's, a really, <laughs> it's a really interesting thing. Yeah, we loved it. It yeah. definitely helped our budget whilst we were there. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Wherever the hell you are. Good morning. Morning. No, I don't do mornings. Okay, so we'll, it could be your morning, but it'll never be our morning. We can barely get out of bed before 11. It's afternoon here, so you know, all good. Now. We said in the last episode that we'd moved into a freaking palace here in Morocco. Oh my god, I love it. We have arrived in Essa Era, which is on the western coast. And like we've got two bathrooms, there's a massive kitchen, two, two lounges. Yeah, two lounges. One of which has got enough space for like 25 people there's to sit. There's 25 cushions, so that's for 25 people. Yeah, unbelievable. You could fit more in there if you're very skinny. I mean, who knows? Anyway, yeah, colorful furnishings, all those beautiful lamps that you see in Moroccan markets and in Moroccan bars and restaurants all around the world. Two bedrooms, so if you were a family, then you could put the kids in one room and then you've got your own room with an ensuite. Yeah, ditch the kids in the other room. Don't want to talk to them. Or couch surfers or yeah, whoever you've got coming through town. Yeah. We should Airbnb this bitch. Yeah, why not? Make why, some money while we're here. We're subletting. We're paying to stay here and not subletting. I think the landlord lives upstairs and would notice. We'd probably figure it out. Lots of other people coming in every day. But yeah, there's a small balcony that overlooks the forest and the hills. I mean, really, this place is very, very, very nice. Absolutely. We also have, we don't have a washing machine here, but as we said, the landlord lives here upstairs with her family and we just hand the washing to the mother and she does it for like a euro fifty a load. Yep, that's Done. it. Folded, like it's all neatly, comes down in a neat little package that she delivers back to us. It's beautiful. Yeah, we don't even have to worry about laundry, which is amazing. Now, laundry. you might be thinking, if you're in the US or Australia, let's think, how much would we be paying for this place? Maybe $3,000, $4,000 a month? For sure. Maybe a bit more, depending on the location. It's really big. We are like five minutes walk from the beach as well here. Well, 15 minute walk from the Medina, which is the old town. So, yeah, Australia, America, at least $4,000, you reckon? Yeah. Because it's huge. Totally. It's fully furnished. It's got all your kitchen stuff included. It's like a really beautiful holiday apartment in a holiday resort area. So yeah, maybe $4,000 a month, probably more if it's in a really nice part of the country. Yeah. Okay, so how much are we paying for this? $350 for the month. For the month, for two people, for the entire massive, giant, ridiculous apartment. Yeah, this is three times the size of the apartment we used to have in Brisbane. Possibly more. And we yeah. used to pay $1,400 USD a month for the place in Brisbane. Yeah, not including bills. No, yeah. All our gas and electric is covered here as well. So we are walking out of here not having to pay cleaning bills either. They no. said that's included. Everything. And it's like a $1 taxi ride away from the center of town and, yeah, short walk to the beach. So even though it's a little bit too cold this time of year to go swimming, you know, you can still go walk along the beach. Yeah, it's still a nice walk. It's pretty nice. So what you're probably thinking is, how did we get here? Well, let's continue with our travel hacks 
our big five that we've been talking about, the things that chew away at our budget the most as we travel. Yeah, that's right. We did transport, food, entertainment in some of the previous episodes. So today we're going to focus on accommodation. Now, obviously, we talked about house sitting before. That's something we talk about a lot. Because it's free accommodation. It's, it's the free. best spot. Yeah. So yeah, it's better than paying, even though this place is really cheap. But lots of different destinations are coming up with that. As we've mentioned before, we have seen house sits in Morocco. They didn't match with our dates. Lots more in like Portugal, Spain, and Italy. Yeah, a lot in Spain and Italy Heaps. coming up at the moment. Which Who is, doesn't want to go there? I would love to go back there. It's awesome. But um, as we're talking about Bologna later as well, like Italy stuff, there has been loads coming up in Italy. We almost ended up house sitting in Rome last summer. We just missed out on that one, unfortunately. She was a vet. We got beaten by a vet. Yeah, we got beaten by a vet. It's so. hard to beat a vet. Yeah, when you're down to the bottom two and the other the person's a vet. A vet. Unfortunately, we didn't have much of a chance, but at least we got in the top two, which is awesome. Yeah, so imagine if you did get one of the house sits in Rome, because there are a lot more coming up than there were last summer when we tried for that one. You can easily just wander down the road, sit outside the Trevi Fountain, throw in your coin, have a pizza, have the dog, say Mamma Mia a few times, and you know, go back and give the doggy a pat. That's pretty awesome. So, if you want to get those sorts of experiences for free, and all you have to do is walk a dog or feed a cat then you can get 15% off Trusted House Sitters, which is the house sitting company we use all the time, uh, by using our link, $5dollarplanet.com slash house, and then the discount code 5DP. But other than house sitting, one of the other main things we do is off-season travel. Yeah, this is what we're doing right now in Morocco. So this is how we've ended up staying in a palace. And we will post photos on the show notes so you can see we're not fucking around here. It's a beautiful place, and we're paying less than we'd have been paying to stay in a hostel. Totally. Yeah in the center of town, which is only a $1 taxi ride to the center of town, and we're paying a fraction of the price just by being a little bit further out. And some other things that we did to get that, which we're about to talk about. So let's go in to Story Corner mode. Oh, it's time for Story oh, Corner. Parlez-vous français? No. No? No. Oh. Everyone in Morocco speaks French. Oh, oui, oui. That is yes, yes. Not what you thought it was. <laughs> yes, we're having to brush off on our French skills. It's been a while since we were in France, and but now we've hit Morocco, and everyone is speaking French at us again. Yes. Can we remember all those words? So how did we get this amazing apartment? Let's go through exactly what happened so that you guys can learn the way it's done. Yes. Yeah, so we arrived in Essaouira which is on the western coast of Morocco. We hadn't booked any accommodation in advance because we had found out that once you arrive on bus, pretty much you're going to get offered by all these little old ladies a place to stay. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. As soon as we got off the bus, there was a flood of offers. Everyone was saying, come and see my place. Very nice place. Very yeah. good price. Such good a price. nice place. But Great they won't you. tell you the price. No, they won't tell you the oh, price. Oh, very good price. So number one, we go, we're not walking anywhere unless you give us an estimate of the price you want. Otherwise, we're just going to go somewhere else. So eventually they're like, okay, so we've got this place. It's really close. It's only a couple of minutes walk from the bus station and it's $15 a night. And we're like, okay, that's a little bit above our budget, but we're going to go and look at it because we know if that's the price they're saying now, we're going to be able to barter it down. Never take the first price. No. I never take the first price like make them give you a price because then you know what you're working with then you can say like that's absolutely freaking ridiculous or like that sounds really expensive but i'm willing to look at the place yeah so the place they took us to yeah like we said it was close to the bus stop it wasn't the nicest place it was nice enough but it was certainly a little grubby it was a decent amount of space it was okay the hot water was shit and that was one reason why i'm like we can't stay here because yeah, it no dribbled water. i could have spat more water on myself than what was coming out of this <laughs> this, is, this is not a showering system we want to start where we have to spit on each other to shower. <laughs> no. I think... It was that bad. 
bad. I, I just turned on the tap and went, I can never wash my hair again. That will just never happen. Yeah, it was terrible. But you think to yourself, oh, well, $15 a night is hardly any money. So of course, it's going to be pretty shit. And we were like, nah, this is already too expensive. So we thought, okay, we're going to try and find some other places. We told the landlady, we will try out this place for a couple of nights. We want to see if the internet's going to work all right. We want to see if everything works in the apartment. Yeah. And then we found out the hot water was shit. So yeah. all these sorts of things. We knew from the second we stepped in, like, this is definitely not the perfect place and definitely not going to be the perfect price. So we got to test it out. Plus, it was like almost sunset. We didn't want to walk around Essaouira for an hour trying to find somewhere else. No. So we're like, okay, cool. Two so, nights, and then we'll think about taking it for the rest of the month. We'd already negotiated a price of $10 a night if we did stay for the remainder of the month. Yeah, but we said, like, as we knew we might not be staying, we're like, well, we're not going to pay $15 a night, but we'll, we'll pay $13 a night, which is a little bit higher than I wanted to pay. But for the sake of a couple of bucks for a couple of nights, we didn't really want to spend 10 minutes arguing with them over $2 because we've got better shit to do, right? Still not bad, you know? We're still saving a lot of money. Uh, it's a nice little apartment, but the next day like literally straight after we'd got up pretty much, the landlady was already knocking on the door asking if we'd take it for a month. <laughs> we're like, um, we're, we've got to meet a friend, which we did. We'd already arranged to meet a friend who was going to take us around some other properties. And the lady was like, oh no, before you meet your friend, because she, she'd figured it out. She knew we were going to look at other places because that's what people do, right? That's what Moroccans would do. Yeah. And she's used to having Moroccans come in, not just tourists. So yeah, she grabbed me by the arm, pretty much dragged me down the stairs, like my friend has a place. And I was like, okay. All right, well, I'll look at that place just before we go and look at the other places. And then she started hailing a taxi. And I was like, where the hell are you taking me? Because you know full well if she's hailing a taxi, she's going to be expecting me to pay the return trip. Absolutely. Like, it's going to be all off down by the beach somewhere. Yeah, we're going to be in like a 10-minute taxi. Afford. Yeah, it's going to cost more. She's trying to upsell us to something else and make like find a really nice place so that we won't leave and go with someone else. I'm like, seriously? I'm not paying for a taxi to take me to see an apartment I don't even want to see. Like, so far, this has not worked out particularly well. Yeah, and we were already meant to meet our friend in, like, 10 minutes to go and see a few other apartments. Now, you might be asking, how did we get a friend in Essaouira, Morocco? We actually joined a Facebook group. We reached out to local bloggers to say hey, does anyone know of any good apartments and stuff like that? And one of them said, well, why don't you join the Essaouira Facebook group, which is all expats. And through that, someone got us in touch with her boyfriend and said, he'll help you out to help find an apartment. Yeah, exactly. You want to make contacts before you arrive somewhere. That's a really good way of making sure you do stuff. Or when you do arrive, as we said, only buy in for like two days. If you're planning on staying for a month, do not buy a month up front from the first person you meet or even the second or third or fourth person you meet. Make sure you've found someone you reckon you can trust before you start buying in for that long. Yeah, so Chu met us at the bus station and he took us along to meet his two friends who didn't speak any English, so he was sort of our translator. And took us to our first apartment to have a look at. It was it was clean. It was quite... It was basic. Yeah, I mean, you're still like showering over the shitter. Yeah, no one likes to shower over the toilet. I don't. I don't know why people build showers like that, but it they do. It drives me insane. All over Asia, especially, you see them everywhere. I mean, I'm really picky about my bathrooms. I need to have a nice bathroom with space, and I just need to have a nice bathroom. So that one, we were like, nope, can you show us something else? Yeah, and because we like to travel with a little bit of home comfort. We don't want to end up just living in a shithole for a month. We're just not no. up for that. We want a basic minimum. So what we want to do is bargain an amazing price on something that's actually a really decent standard. Yeah. So they went to take us to another apartment. But on the way, this dude was like, oh, look, he's just like in a store. And he's like, look, two white people. Uh, they must be looking for an apartment. This shit happens all the time. It's really crazy. Like people will just come up to us and say, you need an apartment? Like, like this happens in other towns. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the dude the other day that came up to us and was like, do you want to live? <laughs> And we're like, what? <laughs> we were standing outside the bus station waiting to meet someone. And he just walks up to us and go, do you want to live? And like, 
we already live, thank you. And he went, okay. Okay, welcome to Morocco. <laughs> but obviously he was like, do you need an apartment? That's a, his bad English translation was, do you want to live? <laughs> Not realizing the uh, sinister tones attached to that sort of phrase. But anyway, this dude who uh, said, oh, I've got an apartment, I'll show it to you. He didn't speak English. No, so no, no. He was speaking to our now fixers who were walking around chatting to random people. Yep. So they brought us to the apartment and we came in and it was what we are now living in. A palace. The palace. The palace. Gorgeous. So the first reaction we had when we walked in was like, We cannot afford this. Yeah, you are fucking kidding me. Our budget for the month is $300 for accommodation. We set that budget. We could spend more. We don't want to. We want to spend the money on nice food and drinks and fun things. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, there's no freaking way this is going to happen for $300 a month. So uh, our mate Chu, who's hanging out with us, is That'd like, be cool, man. Yeah, he, he took me into the side room and he's like, um, look, I know you think this place is probably more expensive, but because it's off-season here, and obviously we've had off-season deals in lots of other places, but this is probably the best off-season deal we've ever had. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, you would not believe how low we're going to get this guy to go with the price. I think it's worth negotiating. We're like, all right. Cool. Let's do a bit of negotiation. So he's doing the talking for us because the landlord doesn't speak any English. We're like, our max price is $8 a day. <laughs> $8 a day. It's less than the shithole we were staying yeah, in. Less than the sh that's our max price. So we pitched it a bit lower than what we could actually afford. And eventually he's like, well, it is a really nice place. And I'll go down to $11.50 a day, which is our $350 a month. And we're like, yeah, sold. All right. We'll All have right, that. If we must. So what we're going to do is we're going to pay just over a dollar a day more than we were arranging with the other guys to stay for a month for a freaking power. Yeah, the fucking tea lounge seats 25 to 30 people, as we said earlier. We've got a tea lounge! Yeah. I mean, what the, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So, yeah, and as we said before, all our bills are included. The laundry's really easy to get done. Also, the landlord's son, Abdul, speaks English, so he's our little translator, and he's very cute. Yeah, he's been cool. He's like 13 years old. Yeah, and he's really, really friendly English. and really helpful kid. Yeah, which has been awesome. So they've really helped us out as well as being a super cheap accommodation. And suffice to say, when we went back to our previous apartment, to get our stuff she was pissed the landlady was not happy she was like oh I'll show you another place like we sort of found a place and I explained in my broken French that we'd found a grand palace to stay in for the same price as her rat hole <laughs> I wasn't calling that rat hole. I didn't call it a rat hole to her face but that's basically what it would have probably been we'd have discovered rats after a while probably sure. it was a bit so, hanky yeah when I gave her the key back in the morning she barely said a word she just took the key and pretty much grunted at me it's yeah. like okay thank you bye <laughs> <laughs> but anyway the point is we budgeted 300 for the month for accommodation. We've gone over by 50, but it's a palace. Yeah, so whatever. It's the nicest place we've stayed in in ages. I mean, house sitting side, I mean, the actual paid place we've stayed in. Yeah, really, really good. So traveling low season, a lot of places around are going to be empty, whatever city or town you're going to. And this is why they will drop that price. But if you walk in with an attitude of like, well, in America, it costs $50 a night for a real shithole. So getting a place for $20 a night is amazing. You're missing out on the fact that you could get it for $10 a night. No. Barter. And you could get something much nicer than you'd pay $50 a night for back home for $11.50 a night. Exactly. Which is what we just did. And also, we had been told that we would never get a really nice place here for less than $600 a month. And that's most what the expats told us. That's what the expats told us. There was um, stuff on Airbnb and Booking.com as well that's double the price of this place. Honestly, it was dumb luck as well. As but it was because we went out there looking for a place rather exactly. than just booking online. Yeah, that so is they exist. The point is they exist. Yes, it was luck, but these places exist. So you've got to get out there, look around, and be in the right place at the right time to find these great deals. Yeah, but what I always say about being in the right place at the right time is... 
you can only be in the right place at the right time if you take those opportunities, make those opportunities, and go out to be in a right place at a right time. If you just don't bother even trying, you're not going to get anything. Yeah. So we did know that we were coming to Morocco in advance. So while we were in Portugal, we did renew our travel insurance because they don't like stop at roundabouts here. You have to like stop halfway around the roundabout because someone's coming through in like a big truck and they're not stopping. There's well, no yeah, giving literally, way. There's no giving way to anyone. Literally that taxi we were in, we had to screech to a stop because this truck just wasn't stopping even though we had right away and it just plowed straight through the roundabout. We were like 10 meters away from being smashed into by a big truck. Yeah, so, road rules are insane here. So we always travel with medical insurance because we don't want to have to pay any medical bills if we do happen to get in little accidents yes. or big accidents. Being in a massive car crash and being in intensive care could end up being a bit of an expensive process if you have to get repatriated to your home country and totally. medically evac'd. So yeah, head to 5 planetcom slash worldnomads, put in the code WN5DP and you'll get 5% off your next WorldMads travel insurance policy, which really makes a difference. Yeah, because uh, although they're slightly more expensive than other companies, they've got more inclusions and they're more flexible with things like if you have have a couple of beers you're not going to just instantly lose your insurance but that five percent brings it down to much, pretty much every yeah, other insurance much policy. closer to any other insurance company totally. so yeah really worthwhile okay so today although we've been talking about our morocco time we're going back in time using our digital time machine that is a podcast <laughs> to a few months ago when we were in italy oh italy mm, yes Good the food, the food, food, the food. We're going to be talking a lot about food in this interview about Bologna. We caught up with Nicholas on Skype from the Emilia Romagna Tourism Board. And of course, he's like a local and a bit of an expert on the area. So lots of cheese, ham, wine, you know, all the essentials. It's uh, going to be a very cool interview. Yeah. I know because I was in the interview. I know what happens. So <laughs> stay tuned so you can know too. Yeah, keep listening and find out some really cool stuff about Bologna. First up, uh, sorry for the poor Skype on this one. It's a little bit of an older recording. Yeah, so it's a bit dodgy, but you can still hear everything that's going on. So put your earphones in, turn up the volume, whatever you like. Let's get into our interview with Nicholas. Why should yeah. tourists come and visit Bologna? There are many, many reasons, but I will bring them down to four main themes or topics, we can say. Well, number one, which is also my favorite, is the food, of course. Of course. I like, I like to call the Bologna, but as well the Emilia Romagna region, like the belly bottom of Italy, because uh, there are so many good foods coming from this area, like, uh, of course, you know about tagliatella ragù with the Bolognese ragù mm -hmm. and the uh, Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, balsamic vinegar, the traditional one of Modena and as well loads of different wines so there is really a lot of uh, the best uh, food excellences of Italy come from this area and another reason which I like uh, a lot as well is like the fast cars and motorcycles because Bologna is home of Lamborghini of uh, Ducati and uh, the region itself hosts as well Ferrari Pagani Maserati so there is an old and uh, big traditions of cars and motorcycles here and as well the art and culture of course uh, like uh, anywhere in Italy here you can find the uh, pieces they back since the Roman times or even before till nowadays so there is a lot to see and what I like uh, the most is that Bologna and the region itself Emilia Romagna are there you can find here the real Italian atmosphere and vibe so it's not overcrowded of tourists so you get to get along a lot with locals entertain you with them and uh, to find out many things that locals like to do so I think when traveling a really good thing that I like as well when I travel abroad is to immerse myself in the destination and act as a local yeah, yeah. local travel is really important to us and I think it's important to people listening to the show as well exactly yeah that's the for I think main topics then there are many other reasons but these are the main ones okay yeah. let's talk about food because <laughs> we like to talk about near food. and dear to our hearts <laughs> yeah mine as well yeah and it's <laughs> time now for food kind of yeah <laughs> so the, uh, the ragu now in other parts of the world people call it spaghetti bolognese and I know 
the locals yeah. in Bologna don't like that way of describing yeah. it. Yeah, me as well, me as well. Yeah, but, it's uh, a kind of uh, offense. Yeah, yeah. let's say. <laughs> just so that listeners know what we're talking about, we are talking about what Americans and English people call spaghetti bolognese, which is one of the most famous dishes in the world. But yeah. Can you tell us about the local name and yeah. a bit about the history of the dish, and of course why it's best to come to Bologna to eat the real thing? So sure, yeah. First thing is is that I always say that to my friends or even to people tourists that I maybe you know ask for information that I meet up in the city and so the first thing I say is that spaghetti bolognese don't exist so <laughs> even if you're in Italy and you find a restaurant which says spaghetti bolognese don't go there because it's a tourist place it's a tourist trap so it's uh, impossible to put the ragu with the spaghetti because if you try to eat the spaghetti what you notice is that the ragu stays always on the bottom of the plate <laughs> right so the sauce is always on the bottom and that's because the pasta the flour which the spaghetti are made is dry and it doesn't stick together so we call them here tagliatelle a ragu the tagliatelle is a pasta done with only flour and eggs so that's it no salt no pepper no nothing so only flour and eggs and the dough is done is a bit of rock so it kind of catches up the ragu so it's the best way to enjoy it and in Bologna you find loads of restaurants that serve the traditional uh, tagliatelle ragu and uh, as well in all the Emilia Romagna part you find even differences on people how they do the thickness of the dough so there is a lot of fight as well between small towns saying we have the best one no you have the best one and uh, and all the other stuff but concerning the history uh, ragu as you can imagine is a French word so it comes from the French which literally means like to give more flavor to something so ragouté and the history says that the Romans invented it in the past they used to just you know put uh, some meat with some tomato and they used to put it on the bread but then what happened after was that the people here in this area started to put it with the pasta with the tagliatelle with the flour and eggs and that's because uh, it was born in Bologna because, uh, as I said before, it was the, uh, one of the biggest universities and a lot of uh, rich families coming from all over the world were living in Bologna. So they have the many private chefs. So what they were doing, they were starting to combining this history. They were studying as well on food. And that's how the dish uh, was created. And thank God for that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> worth trying. I think I had the ragu at least. We were, we were there for a couple of days in Bologna and I probably had it about three times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's really important. I hope that God helps us also to spread the word that uh, spaghetti bolognese is not a good choice, but to try to combine it with the uh, tagliatelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come and have it the right way. Do you have exactly. a, a favorite restaurant where you would personally go and get the ragu? So I have a couple of favorite places in Bologna, uh, which do the traditional ragu with the pasta, with the tagliatelle. It depends a bit on the budget. There is one, uh, Osteria dell'Orsa, located, uh, if I'm correct, yeah, in Via Mentana, which is in the university district in the students area and they're famous for doing a really good ragu with pasta and it's really beautiful the atmosphere there because they have really long and you are also sometimes able to sit together with locals so it's not that you get your own private table but you can share also the table with other people so it's nice also to have a chat with other people and uh, the dish there is around the six euros so for a plate of uh, tagliatelle so that's a really good deal then uh, there is another good restaurant which is called Trattoria Anna Maria which is next to the uh, university district in uh, Via delle Belle Arti and that is a real uh, excellence of Bologna it's a restaurant that uh, people know about because it's run from Anna Maria which is this lovely old lady we can say that does pasta she says uh, since she was born so it's uh, a really an experience all different kinds of pasta that she serves are really special there and another one which is a bit like if you want to add uh, as well up atmosphere is a Cantina Ventivoglio, which is always located in Via delle Belle Arti. But the cool thing there is that every night they have a jazz concert. 
So they're really famous for the Jap music. So when you go there, you can eat your plate of ragu with pasta and enjoy a nice jazz concert. Excellent. That sounds awesome. Okay. So cool. Uh, yeah. So we like to uncover the truth behind some weird facts, superstitions from every place that we visit. And yeah. in most places around uh, Europe and Western cultures in particular, the number 13 is an yeah. unlucky number. But in Italy, it's 17. Why yeah, is that? Exactly. Yeah. I have to admit that I'm not a big fan of superstition. So I'm not a real believer. That's because I'm half German. So I think maybe I don't have all that uh, Italian, uh, you know, scary thing of unluck and so on. But I know about that because it has been asked many times also from friends and so on, other people. And as well, we in Italy wanted to know why 17 and not 13 like the rest of the world. But this dates back again to the Roman times because when uh, the Romans, you know, when somebody was dying and uh, on the tombstone, they were writing as well uh, the word Vixi, which means I live. And uh, if you take the anagram of the word Vixi, it's the letter X, the letter V, and the two E's, which is number 17 in the no Roman numbers. So that's the reason why. Oh, wow. Mm. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, exactly. That's a, a bit of history, but it's as well a really fascinating thing. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, that's good to know. That's really cool. Awesome. <laughs> All right. We continue the interview by asking Nicholas about some of the best fun experiences for $5 and some of the best food. And also because uh, having Bologna, the oldest university, they have also a university of gelato, which is located uh, in the outskirts of Bologna. It's called uh, Università del Gelato Carpigiani. And uh, Carpigiani is a factory that produces 70% of the gelato machines all over the world. So if you go to a gelato shop in Australia, in the US, in Canada, and you ask, uh, where does the machine come from? You have 70% of the chance that it comes from Bologna, from Carpigiani University. And that's why they said, uh, we do the best machines in the world. We are the oldest university in the world. Why don't we do a university only for gelato? So people go there to learn how to make gelato. That's really an interesting thing. Living apart now the food part, we can say another good experience, which is three euros that I highly recommend to anyone, is to go to see the old siege, the original siege of the University of Bologna, which is located on the left of the cathedral of uh, San Petronio Cathedral in Bologna, in the main piazza, in the main square. And uh, inside there, there is the anatomical theater, which was where uh, medicine stu students we're studying medicine, of course, and also bodies, so also checking dead bodies. And it's three euros to get in there, but it's a fascinating room, all done in wood, and it has this big marmor table where the bodies were put on. And the interesting thing is that the chairs in this room are really uncomfortable, but that's because the students had to be awake when watching all the process. Also because in the past, they hadn't uh, refrigerators, so when you had a dead body, you had to be quick, you know? And that's why the lectures were going on from 6 to 12 hours, and that's why they had to keep awake. Yeah, we visited the uh, anatomical museum whilst there, and it was very interesting. And there was the yeah. library at the end as well. It was a very beautiful room, and it was exactly, useful exactly. to go and sit in there and just relax. Yeah. Okay. I think these are yeah, three really good things to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just um, clarify. So with the Gelato Museum, it's easy to turn up and just walk around the grounds, or do you need permission, or do you need to pay to get in? What's the no, the, the thing is this. You have to catch a bus from the train station. The, I now don't remember the exact number of the bus, but it's the bus that goes to Anzola Emilia, which is in the northern part of Bologna, so direction of the airport. Uh, with a two euros ticket on the bus, you can get there and you really get at the factory. And the museum is open in the same hours when the factory is open, so from nine till six in the evening. And you can even book via email for a guy that's a small tour, or you can just also show up there and go. It's a small museum, so there isn't a lot of traffic of people. But what I suggest is to book in advance as well, all gelato class, 
So it's a three-hour class that you can do there and learn how to make gelato together with a gelato maker. And that's really fun. Also because at the end you get to try loads of gelatos. So <laughs> that's, that's the best part. Yeah. Of course, yeah. We, we made gelato in Florence, actually, and it was delicious. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, let's talk a bit more about food. Although we, yeah. also, we also talked about food quite a lot, but I think, yeah, specifically, if yeah. someone who wants to get a, a cheap lunch, they want to get something that's really good value for money, or yeah. maybe even in the evening time, street food, those sorts of options, what would be your favorite food option in Bologna for under five dollars so for me under five dollars i can tell you something you know bologna is famous also for the mortadella that's uh, what you call abroad bologna but it has nothing to do to the bologna that you have abroad it's uh, really different mortadella is a sort of cooked meat that you slice up it's like a ham but it's cooked and uh, with a lot of spices you have to imagine that in the past uh, as well the romans were doing that and it was more expensive than parma ham now you find it really cheaper it, at that time it was more expensive because all the different spices and processes that you were putting together to do a mortadella was really intense so my suggestion is just go to the to the markets and or to a butcher let you slice up a couple of slices of mortadella three four slices and then go to a baker and ask for a really nice piece of bread you let it cut it and then you put in the mortadella and then you eat that that's really beautiful and uh, if you want to add to that good glass of wine also paying it really cheap head to the Osteria del Sole in the city center in Bologna it's next to the road where you find all the food stores the shops uh, it's called the Via Pescheria Vecchia and the good thing about this Osteria is not only that it's one of the oldest taverns all over Italy but it's, the beautiful thing is that you can bring your own food there so you only have to pay for the drink so for two euros you're able to get a good glass of uh, Sangiovese red wine or Pignoletto white wine and you can enjoy as well your mortadella bread wonderful awesome foodie tip yeah that yeah. sounds really good I mean when we were in Bologna we went to the aperitivo a few times and yeah. we actually managed to find one in the student area that was only four and a half euros and that included a glass of wine and some yeah. various meats and I, I mean maybe you'd like to mention about the aperitivo and talk about what it is for people who don't know about it yet yeah sure uh, the first thing uh, when also people uh, coming from abroad try out the aperitivo is like why don't we have this at home you know like <laughs> it's, a really, <laughs> it's a really interesting thing so aperitivo for us is sort of meeting up with friends having a drink uh, and some small bites of food before the dinner but in the recent years what it turned out was that bars cafes doing aperitivo they were cooking a lot of food. So even people, especially girls here, because girls, they tend to eat less than men do. What they do, they just go out to a bar or a cafe. They like order a glass of wine or two, and they are able to get all the food that they want. So that's a really good thing and a good tip if you don't want to spend a lot of money in a restaurant or whatever. You can just go there, order a glass of wine or a spritz, which is also really famous between students, which is basically Aperol with white wine and uh, get to eat how much you want from the buffet. Yeah, it's like an all-you-can-eat, but an amazing price. So Exactly, exactly. Great. Yeah, we loved it. It yeah. definitely helped our budget whilst we were there. Yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, thanks for joining us today, Nicholas, and uh, yeah, chatting. Thanks to you for having me here. It's, hey, no uh, problem at all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Travel homework time. Travel homework time. Travel homework time. Travel homework. Oh, jingle. I love jingles. We've got a jingle for travel homework. We didn't have a jingle for the news on last Monday's episode. Oh, you know, I just, I do jingles when they come to me. When I feel the jingle is when the jingle will come out. Oh, free the jingle. Free the jingle. Well, your travel homework is not to free your inner jingle. Actually, as we were talking about low season travel earlier, we want you to do a bit of research. When is low season travel and how shit is it in the destinations that you are planning on going to for your escape to travel freedom? Yeah, so low season doesn't have to suck. It really does depend on where you go. 
So find a balance of acceptable climate, less tourists, a place where you can bargain for accommodation, and a place where you can find that's nice for you, for your standards, where you can get some work done. Yeah, exactly. You get work done on the shitty days when it's raining outside or whatever, and then on the nice days you go out and party it up and you're spending way less to see these destinations than if you turn up in peak season, all the apartments are full, you're not going to get an apartment, or if you are, you're going to pay like top dollar for that. Get up there. See what's going on. Check it out on the internet and find out which destinations you can head to in off-season and save yourself a fortune. Bada-boom! Thanks for listening to the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at $5planet.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments, feedback, and $5 travel tips. So tweet us at $5 Travel with the number 5. Or email info at $5planet.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the $5 Planet. Bye for now. Bye-bye.